Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we begin our look ahead to the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations finals in Egypt, and we focus on groups A, B and C. We assess the recent form of the pharaohs. We ask what we can expect from Senegal, who disappointed last time. And we speak to Joseph Yobo, who was captain when Nigeria won the tournament in 2013. I won it in 2013 when I thought that we didn't have the best team. We had more younger players that I even complained to the coach that we needed more experienced players. And also we look at some of the changes to the laws of the game that came into force at the start of this month and that will be used at the Nations Cup. Uh, that's coming up later. First at the FIFA Women's World Cup, what a win for Nigeria on Wednesday in France, beating South Korea 2-0 with a fantastic goal from Assisat Oshwala of the Barcelona Ladies. Assisat, a three-time African Women's Footballer of the Year. She went on a great solo run, dribbled past the keeper and slotted home from a very acute angle with amazing precision. Uh, so Nigeria is still alive in the tournament. At the FIFA Under-20 Men's World Cup, the final is on Saturday. Ukraine will play South Korea. It was tough for Senegal. They were knocked out in the quarterfinals by South Korea. As Senegal were leading deep into stoppage time, but South Korea equalised to take it to extra time where both teams then scored and Senegal lost in the shootout. So Senegal quarterfinalists, the best of the African teams at the Under-20 Men's World Cup. So we're just a few days away now from the Africa Cup of Nations finals in Egypt. We'll be producing regular podcasts throughout the tournament available on the Planet Sport Football Africa app. Our reporters Tom Ellis and Liam Flint will be in Egypt to bring us new stories and interviews. So I'll be there for the usual Planet Sport Football Africa show every week from Egypt, but also updates throughout the tournament with our podcast, which I say you can get from the Planet Sport Football Africa app. Now, it's the biggest ever Nations Cup with 24 teams up from 16. There'll be six groups of four. The top two go to the round of 16, along with the four best third-place teams. Let's start our look ahead with Group A. There's Egypt, DR Congo, Uganda and Zimbabwe. Egypt have a record seven titles. They're obviously in with a big chance of an eighth, Ida. They are among the favourites, Steve, and home advantage will add a lot to that expectation. They were so close last time, losing out to Cameroon in that 2017 final, and I'm sure everyone will expect them to go a notch higher and actually take it this time round. While their FIFA ranking isn't currently the best, especially from an African perspective, and you can see why, Steve. First, they had a poor showing last year at the World Cup, and then their performance as well during the African qualification just didn't do it for me. They finished second in their group after Tunisia. Now, don't forget Egypt initially lost 1-0 to Tunisia in the first leg before getting some vengeance when they beat the Eagles of Carthage 3-2 late last year. But it does make me wonder how they do when faced by an equally strong team. And by the way, they will be facing Guinea on a Sunday in a friendly. But hey, Steve, with the likes of star player Mo Salah buoyed by recent success, then anything can happen. 
DRC is an interesting case for me personally, first because they will be taking on Kenya in a pre-Afghan friendly on Saturday in Madrid, and that should be able to give us a gauge of how both teams are doing. Now, DRC already played out to a goalless draw in a friendly with Burkina Faso on Sunday. With Congo, the spotlight is definitely on Cedric Bakambu. I really liked him at Villarreal and just wish that he would have stayed at a more visible club, but seems he continued his prolific form in China, where he scored 30 goals in 36 league games. DRC are actually pretty experienced when it comes to the high levels of the Afghan, having finished third in 2015 and then got into the quarters two years ago. About Uganda, well, they were held to a goalless draw by Minos Turkmenistan in a friendly, though that was a largely second-string side fielded by the Cranes. And going by the selection, it seems Uganda will be relying heavily on experience. Almost two-thirds of the team that played at AFCON 2017 in Gabon will return to Egypt. If I'm being honest, I highly doubt that Zimbabwe will make it out of the group stage, but I'm sure the country will still be looking to get more points than it did in its last outing. Don't you think, Steve? Uh, look, we fancy our chances here, or the nation at large does, uh, put it that way. Uh, though I'm not quite as optimistic as many people are here. Uh, certainly won't be easy, but the Warriors got four points off the DRC in qualifying. An amazing win in Kinshasa and then a 1-1 draw here in Harare, where Zimbabwe made Cedric Bakambu look very ordinary. Yeah, just the one point for the Warriors in the 2017 edition. And uh, because uh, of this permutation where the four best third-place teams go through to the round of 16, I'm eyeing that perhaps for Zimbabwe. Because if you get three points and a reasonable goal difference, you're in with a chance of progressing. So I think that game between Zimbabwe and Uganda is going to be crucial for both teams. Also, Zimbabwe drew nil-nil away to Nigeria last weekend in a friendly in very heavy rain in Asaba. Uh, that was a confidence booster. Now, uh, Group B has got Nigeria, Guinea, Madagascar and Burundi. Madagascar and Burundi both qualifying for the first time. Nigeria failed to qualify for the last two editions, having been champions in 2013. Uh, Joseph Yobo was the captain then. He's the first Nigerian to reach 100 caps for the Super Eagles. And only Vincent Enyama has more appearances, 101 for the three-time African champions. Now, Yobo spoke to Planet Sport Football Africa's Oloashina Okaleji about the Super Eagles chances and first on his career which started in Belgium and saw him play in England for Everton and Norwich and in Turkey and in France with Marseille. Sheena asked what it meant for him to reach a hundred international caps. Very special you know it's a priceless moment for me it's something that I never really thought it would happen but realizing you know towards you know, getting close to the end of my international career, realizing that I, you know, I could be the first person to get it there. Apart from other legends that have played before me, no one got close. So, me being the first person to achieve that milestone is something that I hold very dearly. It's a very special achievement for myself and for my kids, and I'm thankful to God, and I'm very proud and honored. How do you feel ending your career on the eye? I mean, you you won the African Cup of Nations 2013. A year later, you were playing at the biggest stage of world football at the World Cup to reach your 100. I mean, looking back at your career, how would you say that? Brilliant. You know, like, apart from winning the World Cup or the Champions League, I think, you know, it's, I think I achieved everything I wanted, almost everything. So I'm grateful for God. Like, 
to win the AFCON is something that I've always looked forward to. You know, being an integral, influential part of the support national team and being a captain. You know, before I won it, that was I've been there f five times. So winning it was my was my sixth. So it's something that I knew that if it didn't happen, then it wasn't going to happen. Because before the tournament, I did say that was going to be my last Afghan. So, but as a player, it's always very good and special when you go through your career to to have some silverware. And and for me, that was because before then we haven't. It's almost 19 years. After Stephen Keshi, we haven't lifted it. So for me to be the next person after Stephen Keshi, I think is is a special moment. And when you look at the kind of caliber of players you played with, I mean, you played with Okocha, you played with Kanuanko, all these legends. Um, you you've got to the semi-finals four times without winning it. Yeah, that, you know, it was a bit scary when you know that I came through the ranks when we have some very good players, quality players, JJ and Cole, Kanu, and everybody. But very good squad. When I started, I thought my first three Afghans like there was a chance for me to win it. But it, that didn't happen. You know, football sometimes is strange. So for me, we've had great squads and to win it with this team, I think is, is, is very special for me. It was, it was a special moment. I enjoyed every minute playing with both the other legends that are out of the game like myself now and the younger ones that are still in. You know, it's hard to make comparison. But like I said, football is strange. When you expect to win things, it doesn't happen. And when you think you're the underdogs that you've done and then you put your heart into it and everything seems to, to fall in place for you, I think it's, it's a good experience. And also it's something that people should take note from and, and always believe in yourself that you can achieve it. The longevity in your career, it's remarkable. I mean, you started in Belgium as a young boy. You went to France, then England, yeah. Turkey. What, what, was, what, what was it like for you as a young African living and then, you know, ending football on a high, still at the top level in Europe? Very special, you know, playing on the street. I didn't play in the league, just finishing secondary school less than a year after I'm out of the country. For me, it's a very special moment because you want to do better. You want to help support your family, the will to win, the desire to be a better footballer. Because you always have people that you look up to. So I want to be part of that um, process as well. So the drive, and then I got my first opportunity playing for Standard League, very special. Played in a few countries and, and for a few clubs, all special moments. There are lessons that made me become who I am, a better person, a man and a father as well. So for me, every club and every country I play for came with a different lesson and experience and I'm very grateful for that. Nigerian team going to the AFCON, the first time they'll be going back to the Nations Cup after you guys won in 2013. Looking at the present score, do you think they have what it takes to actually win, like the Nigerian Football Federation president says, or, you know, do better in, in the words of the Nigerian coach who says this team is not ready to win the AFCON and he doesn't think they are one of the favourites. Yeah, I think there, there are two different opinions there and both of them are entitled to it. But I, let me start from the coach. I think he's trying to downplay what he could achieve with this team and not put so much pressure on them. But knowing that some of these players also played with me, we're talking 2013 and now they're very experienced players. They have that hunger, that passion. They want to go and do it again as footballers. So footballers always go to tournament believing they can win it. The NFF president said Nigeria is one of the favorites to win it. I think I go with that. It doesn't mean they have to win it. If you look at on papers, it doesn't mean Nigeria has the best team. But to say Nigeria is one of the favorites, I'll say yes. You know, because I won it in 2013 when I thought that we didn't have the best team. We had more younger players that I even complained to the coach that we needed more experienced players. But the choice was made. So sometimes these things happen to build you up for greater things that you're going to achieve. Credit, this team has qualified with a game in hand. They should build on that, believing that they can win it. And the coach, as much as he's trying to downplay it, he shouldn't say much of it so he doesn't get to the players. 
because you know mental strength is everything if you go into the tournament believing that you cannot win it then it's a problem we got to 2013 tournament started off we built on it and the belief came that yes this is our time to win it so i think apart from putting pressure on them you should also pass the message to them that if there's any time to win it this could be another another opportunity for the super egos so that's former Nigeria captain Joseph Yobo speaking to Planet Sport Football Africa's Oluwashina Akaleji. Well, no doubt that this current Nigeria squad is not as good as the Super Eagles of the 90s, but they did win the Nations Cup in 2013 with a lesser squad, as Yobo says. Uh, so how do you rate their chances, Aida? Despite Nigeria last being at the tournament six years ago, they will need to make a statement in a bid to announce their return. I also agree with the former skipper's sentiments there. Mental toughness is key in such events and having the players believe that they can do it is the first step. With that said, the final 23-man Nigerian squad arrived in Egypt early on in the week, minus Kalechi Ihenacho and Semi Ajayi. The coach defended his axing of the Leicester player, saying Ihenacho lacked confidence after eight months without a goal. But anyway, Steve, with 20 of the players making their first appearance in the competition, it seems that Captain John Obi Mikel, Ahmed Musa and Kenneth Omeruo will lend their experience to a very youthful squad. Madagascar and Burundi are first-timers in the competition, so qualification is already such a big deal. But despite the two teams being minnows, Madagascar's Kaiser Chiefs midfielder Aro Hasina and Burundi's Fiston Razak, who scored 17 goals in 37 matches for his country, will be key to any success that might come to either nation. As for Guinea, it's also been a while since they were at Afghan, four years to be exact, and they did at least get to the quarters in 2015. However, the Nabi Keita situation has somewhat overshadowed Guinea's pre-Afghan preps this week. Liverpool are keen on making sure their investment in Keita is safe. He's currently in the process of recovery after that injury in the Champions League semi, and his participation in Afghan has come under skepticism. Guinea coach Paul Putt has emphasized that Keita will indeed be part of his squad and no doubt that his fitness would really serve to motivate his teammates. Yes, Nabi Keita's presence will be very important for Guinea. Uh, stay with us, Ida. We'll go on to Group C a little later. This is Planet Sport Football Africa brought to you by Passion for Sport. You can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs too in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. And also, we'll be producing regular podcasts throughout the tournament, as I say, available on the Planet Sport Football Africa app. Reporters Tom Ellis and Liam Flint will be in Egypt bringing news stories and interviews, so as well as me bringing new Planet Sport Football Africa every week as usual from Egypt. Also, regular updates with our podcasts are on the Planet Sport Football Africa app. So again, to download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. The first edition will be available the day before the tournament kicks off on Thursday the 20th of this month. Well, now we turn to social media. Last week, we asked for your predictions on who's going to win the Nations Cup. On Facebook first, and Jonathan Prometheus in Zambia says it's between the host Egypt and Ivory Coast. Gift Abdul in Malawi agrees, saying it's going to be Egypt, saying because it's not easy to beat the pharaohs at home. In South Africa, Emma JJ thinks it's going to be a three-horse contest. Cameroon, South Africa or Egypt, says Emma. It's going to be one of them. 
On WhatsApp, Mohamed Ba in The Gambia also believes the hosts have a strong advantage. Egypt will win this year's Nations Cup because they have a formidable squad, says Mohamed, but countries like Morocco, Nigeria, Tunisia, Ivory Coast and the defending champions Cameroon also have quality players that are capable of winning the Nations Cup this year and they have experienced coaches, says Mohamed. Biswek and Jaqua in Malawi sees the title heading to West Africa. If Senegal can organise themselves better, this is their chance, says Biswek. But Essa Jani in the Gambia thinks it's too hard to call. I predict Ghana, Senegal or Algeria, says Essa. Ghana will come with a good side with the likes of informed players Thomas Partey, Mubarak Wakasso and Andre Ayew. Algeria is also a good side and Senegal have star players like Sadio Mane and Keita Balde. It's not going to be an easy competition though, says Essa. And Francisco Dodoma in Malawi agrees. Picking out one team might be a very challenging task, says Francisco. But I anticipate Egypt, Morocco, Cameroon and Ghana to give us a good run. I'll not be surprised if the champion comes from one of these four. Adam Umar Mohamed in Nigeria says, I think my own Super Eagles are favourites to win it. And Barnabas Ande, also in Nigeria, agrees, saying Nigeria will win it, of course. We have a very strong team, young and energetic. We're gunning for gold, thinks Barnabas. Samba Jao in the Gambia agrees that the Super Eagles are certainly in the mix. The likes of Nigeria, Senegal and Morocco are all good teams and among the favourites to win it, says Samba. But I think Egypt will be crowned champions at the end given the fact that they are the hosts and that they're very strong at home. You could argue that their football's gone down a bit in recent years, but I think they're coming back to where they once were. In Sierra Leone, Baimaro Albert Kanu says Cameroon will surely defend their title. But Musa Gibber in the Gambia disagrees. I definitely go for the North Africans. Morocco, says Musa. Their qualification was perfect and the experience of their coach, Hervé Renard, will count too. But as for Cameroon, I don't think they'll make it to the second round. Well, Amadou Baji, also in the Gambia, says Egypt will go with the slogan, Our Soil, Our Cup, says Amadou. Mohamed Salah winning the Champions League with Liverpool will help to boost his teammates. They also have the fan base and the home support, but other teams that can make it too are Senegal, Algeria and Nigeria. One of those teams will be the champions, says Amadou. Leonard Silva in Uganda agrees, saying I think the host Egypt will win it for an eighth time. Malik Gai in the Gambia also goes for the Pharaohs, saying my heart is for Senegal, but my head definitely is for Egypt, simply because any time they host, they end up being the champions, says Malik. But Arena Itwe Emi in Uganda is more positive about the Taranga Lions' chances. I can't say my Uganda will win it, but to me, I see Senegal taking the trophy, says Arena Itwe. Considering the players they have with keeper Edouard Mendy, defender Kalidou Koulibaly, Pap Abdou Sisse, Sadio Mane and Moussa Wag, I see this team doing something special. Lee Sisse in Turkey agrees, saying, I'm definitely going for the Taranga Lions of Senegal. I hope it'll be their time to scoop the title that's always evaded them all of these past editions. With the talents of Mane and Co at their disposal, I think they'll go all the way this time, says Lee. Fode Sisse in Sierra Leone says, Football is like a biscuit. It can be broken anywhere. We've seen surprises at the European Championships and in the same vein, we're hoping to see new countries emerging to compete in the AFCON final. Thanks for that photo. Let's finish off uh, with a few voice notes. And uh, from Malawi, here's Baitan Mchiko. To me, this Afghan is a little bit tricky, but Egypt has all the chances of winning the title. 
even though there are other teams like Nigerians so, but I don't think they will make it. Okay, so it's the Pharaohs for Bighton and uh, from the Gambia, here's Michael Mbaka. No, they are all big teams, but then it is difficult to predict at this moment. But anyway, any other passion, football fans, football lover, do have a heart for a particular team. And for that being the case, I will be left with no other option than to say Senegal will come out with difference from my own point of view. So from the heart, Michael Mbaka going for the Taranga Lions. Also in the Gambia, here's Mamadou Ba. I'm going in for Avre Coast because of my favourite player, Nicolas Pepe. I right now, Alan say he's the best African player. Yeah, he's just a joy to watch. He's just incredible, skillful, talented. Thanks there to Mamadou Ba and Nicolas Pepe, by the way, plays for Lille in France. That kind of takes us to our question for this week. We're asking who do you think will be the star players of the Africa Cup of Nations? Uh, could it be someone like Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane or their Liverpool teammate Naby Keita? They're certainly among the highest profile players, but there are many others who could have a big role to play. So who do you think will be the star players? What will they bring to their team? You can go onto our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, and post a comment there or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four. Seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Who do you think will be the star players of the Nations Cup? What will they bring to their team? Let's carry on with our preview. Let's go on to Group C now, which has Senegal, Algeria, Kenya, and Tanzania. Uh, so, Ida, what are the hopes there in Kenya? Steve, it's Kenya's first African in 15 years and the excitement is palpable. The team has been in camp in France and the Harambe Stars beat Madagascar 1-0 in a friendly on Friday 7th June thanks to a Victor Wanyama penalty but despite the win, lots was left to be desired. They next travel to Madrid where they will face DR Congo on a Saturday in one last friendly before Egypt. Kenya was billed as having one of the best defensive records during the Afghan qualifiers. And Steve, if it ain't broke, then why fix it? Because it seems the coach will rely on the same strategy in Egypt. The squad selection, though controversial, sees the technical bench's reliance on the backline to come through for the team. The Afghan theme in Kenya is Tuaweza, which is Kiswahili for Indeed We Can. That's meant to spur the stars to give it all they've got. Many looking forward to what's being termed as the East African Derby, which will see Kenya take on Tanzania in the group with lots at stake, top among that, pride. Senegal is definitely up there with Egypt when it comes to tournament favourites and they had a much better showing during the qualification also helped by an easy group. The Taranga Lions got to the quarters last time out after that painful loss on penalties to eventual winners Cameroon. Since then, they did take part in the World Cup and despite them not making it past the group stage, they were the first African team to record a win in Russia. In addition to the abundance of local talent, Liverpool forward and Champions League winner Sadio Mane is one of three Premier League players in the team alongside Everton's Idrissa Gueye and Sheikou Kuyate of Crystal Palace. Head coach Alu Sisse, also an African favourite. 
Algeria faced Burundi in a friendly on Tuesday with Riyad Mahrez as captain and safe to say, Steve, that the newbies held their own against the more experienced side. When it comes to squad selection, the Man City player definitely steals the spotlight, but Algeria has plenty of talent with Galatasaray's Fagoli and Porto's Brahimi, just some of the standout players. Napoli's Gulam was the biggest omission, but with his injury, I don't think it was a big surprise. Lots of sentiment invested in this particular group on this side of the Sahara, Steve. Well, thanks, Ida. That's a big group for East Africa. And, uh, well, you can't rule out Algeria. And Senegal, certainly big contenders. Uh, such great hopes and excitement ahead of the Africa Cup of Nations. And we'll look at the other groups on next week's show. Now let's go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir, in the UK. And on the first of this month, there were changes to the laws of the game that came into force and uh, they will be implemented at the Nations Cup, Stuart. Uh, yes, the International Football Association Board has announced 12 new law changes. Let's start with handball because we love talking about handball. Well, first of all, deliberate handball remains an offence as it always has done. But accidental handball will be an offence leading to a free kick or penalty in the following four circumstances. One, if the ball goes into the goal of an attacker's arm or hand and a player getting the ball off a hand or arm and then scoring or even just creating a goal scoring opportunity, that will be an offence. And then the one which we've seen in the European uh, Champions League is when the player is in a position where his arm is making his body unnaturally bigger in the phrase. And if a player's arm or hand is above their shoulder, unless they've actively flicked the ball onto the arm. So in those circumstances, it will be a free kick. And just to make this slightly concrete, you may remember Fernando Florenti for Tottenham scoring against Manchester City in the Champions League when the ball came off his arm, but under the law at that stage, because it was accidental, the goal was awarded, but under the new law, that would not be allowed. But now a handball will not be given when a player knocks the ball onto his own hand or another player from very close knocks the ball onto a player's arm. And if the arm or hand is close to the body, going back to that lovely phrase, so that he's not making his body unnaturally bigger. And if a player falls and touches the ball on the ground while falling, similarly, that does not count as handball. And there's one other aspect of this law which is quite interesting, and that is that if the goalkeeper has the ball and he releases it, but doesn't manage to get the ball into play, uh, he is allowed to pick it up again, and that does not count as handball. I think some of these will only see them as they happen and understand it, it better, and I'm sure they'll be quite contentious. Another change is to the drop ball, you know, when the referee decides to restart the game. Now, it used to be that these were contested, and now, generally speaking, the referee just gives the ball to one side who kicks it 50 metres down. Well, in future, the referee will give the ball to the team which had the ball in the, more or less the same position as they had it. And the opposition must be four metres away. So that's a real advantage to the attacking team. 
And a drop ball will now be awarded if the ball hits the referee and uh, someone gains an advantage from this. In fact, a couple of weeks ago in the Dutch fourth division, the ball hit the referee went into the goal. So the referee technically scored. And under the laws at that stage, that would stand. But as from next season, if the ball hits the referee and goes into the goal, it will simply be a drop ball. Goal kicks, as you will know, at the moment, the goal kick must go out of the penalty area. Uh, otherwise, it has to be retaken. But in future, the goal kick is in play the moment it is kicked. And that will likely make a big difference to teams like Liverpool and Manchester City, whose goalkeepers, Alisson and Ederson, like to play out from the back. So they will be able just to pass to somebody who's in the penalty area and start a move. And similarly, a free kick inside the penalty area no longer has to go out of the penalty area to be in play. I think that's a good thing because it stops time-wasting, really. Yes, and I've seen this at the FIFA Women's World Cup in France with the goal kick not having to go out of the penalty area. Thanks, Stuart. More on those changes to the laws on next week's programme. But that's it for this week. But a reminder that we'll be producing regular podcasts throughout the Africa Cup of Nations available on the Planet Sport Football Africa app. The first will be on Thursday the 20th, the day before the tournament kicks off. Uh, To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Africa. So as well as Planet Sport Football Africa coming to you every week from Egypt during the Nations Cup, also regular podcasts via the Planet Sport Football Africa app. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production. <laughs>